Welcome to a brand new Tuesday edition of Problematic Women. I'm Virginia Allen. If you are traveling for Thanksgiving this week, you are one of an estimated nearly 55 million Americans who are doing so. So you might be listening to this podcast while you're sitting in traffic on 95 or at 10,000 feet on an airplane on your way to see the folks in Pennsylvania, Ohio, or North Carolina. So if that's you, let's hit some travel tips before we dive into the show. My number one travel tip for driving, if you're on a road trip and you're trying to make really good time, is stopping at Cracker Barrel. They are always located super close to highway exits. Their bathrooms are pretty clean, and they also have pretty fun snacks and candy to keep you occupied on the drive. If you're flying, my tip is to invest in a really nice travel neck pillow. Um, In my opinion, the best, most successful way I have found to sleep on airplanes is you put that tray table down, you put the neck pillow on it, um, and it's actually a really comfortable way to sleep than to, to use that neck pillow as a cushion. So if you have travel tips, go to the Problematic Women Instagram on our story. I have a question up and you can share your best travel tip because we are, so many of us are in the same boat right now, this week, fighting the crowds out there, both at the airports and on the roads. But if you are listening to this podcast while traveling, you've already made a great travel decision. So way to go. Uh, today, it's going to be a good conversation. I'm sitting down with Erica Anderson. She's the author of the new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the church needs women. We uh, have all have opinions of the church, and Erica really dives into the discussion of what is the role that, that the church has in the lives of women. And she also addresses why so many women have made that choice to walk away from the church. It's a fascinating conversation. So excited to share with you. So stay tuned for my conversation with Erica Anderson after this. Five days a week, two episode formats, one mission to deliver the news you care about and analysis on the biggest issues facing America. The Daily Signal podcast brings you two episodes every day in the same podcast feed. Each morning, catch interviews with policymakers, leading experts, and conservative activists as we discuss some of the greatest challenges facing our country and offer solutions for a brighter future. And every weekday at 5 p.m., we bring you the top news of the day. These are the headlines you care about. Subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on our morning interviews or evening news. Today, we are so excited to be joined by our friend, journalist, and author of the new book, Reason to return. Why women need the church and the church needs women. Erica Anderson. Erica, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I love talking with you guys, so I'm excited to be back. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this new book, Reason to Return. It's all about the church and women's role in the church, why so many women are leaving the church. And I want to begin by just defining what exactly we mean by the term church, because a lot of people hear that word and think different things. Right. Sure. Yeah. So when I talk about the church, there are basically two different uh, entities there. We're talking about um, primarily in the book, the local church. So, you know, the uh, the place where um, Christians gather to worship and hear the sermon and hear scripture. 
um, as well as sharing community throughout the week, whether that's through small groups or just friendships and relationships. And then there is also the larger, the Big C Church, as it's known, which is just the community of believers all around the world. And if you identify as a Christian, then you are part of that church, whether or not you're going somewhere to gather weekly. Um, But my um, intent here is to encourage people to get invested and um, back to their local churches as as sort of the smaller um, the smaller piece of that larger big C church. Yeah. And I know for, for everyone listening, we've all just felt some sort of emotion, had some sort of reaction. When you talk about getting involved in local church, some people think, yes, that's so good. Others are like, oh, I don't want to do that because we've all had some sort of experience with the church, whether ourselves or through family members or friends. We all have opinions on the church and its role. Erica, would you share just a little bit of your own story? What's your personal journey with the church? Sure. So I have been going to church since I was a little girl. Um, I talk in the book, the beginning of the book, about my very first memory of church, which was my mom taking me to a nursing home where they had church services every Sunday and she was a volunteer and she would take us little girls. And so I would be sitting next to these, you know, 85 year old, 90 year old (laughs) people worshiping God. um, Some of them not even able to really sing or even lift their hands at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was my first experience. And then after that, I, I went to several different churches throughout my life. I've always been pretty consistent, though there have been a couple of times, uh, which I do write about in the book, where I was a lot more distant, um, where I wasn't going as much, and and I talk about how much that affected me in sort of a negative way. But for me, church has always been a a guiding light, a foundational place um, that I can come back to anytime I've ever moved to a new city. One of the first things I do is seek out a local church community. But I will also say, and maybe we'll get into this, I've experienced, you know, my own share of struggles within the community and and church hurt as it's known. Um, And I can talk more about that, but um, I've kind of got run the gamut when it comes to church. Yeah. Well, in in those instances where you had experienced hurt, why, why did you still say this is an institution that is worth being a part of? What was kind of your journey through that, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, sure. Um, So one of the main examples I talk about is my experience with purity culture, which for those that aren't familiar within the, especially the evangelical community, it was a time really in the 90s, I feel like it was at its peak or the early 2000s, where, you know, it was all about sexual purity, but no one really knew what that meant. And kids were told like their virginity was the most important thing. And and girls especially got the brunt of it, sort of being told it's your responsibility to, you know, keep a boy from sinning and all of these things that were mixed messages, unbiblical messages about sexuality, basically. And so for me, that affected me big time um, moving into adulthood and even into my marriage. And I look back and see how harmful it was. But I don't know if it's, you know, you know, God blessing me with um, just the ability to kind of see past that. Um, but I was able to look back and see that that is not what God wanted. That wasn't his intention. Um, and there were a lot of misguided people that were leading the way back then. And um, they did harm people. And, and, and that was a bad time for a lot of people. But I was able to look past that and say, you know what, I think that the church is um, bigger than that. It's you know, there's more to it than that. And we just have to work to make it better. Yeah. I want to talk in a few minutes a little bit more about your own experience with the church. But I was really fascinated to read in your book 
that there's estimated to be 16 million American women who have left the church within just the last decade. That's not a long period of time for 16 million women to decide, yeah, I think I'm done with the church and walk away. Do we know why in the research that you've done and looking into this, why are so many women saying, I'm done with the church? Yeah, so the reasons are really layered. Um, Anything from overwhelm and busyness to some that have experienced church hurt. Um, I will say that COVID, um, although I know that wasn't, you know, that's been in the past three years, that has significantly affected um, attendance in even deeper ways than the statistics that you just mentioned. And so um, I also think that in the, the culture, in American culture, church has just become a less primary part of how we live our lives. Much of American history has been kind of ingrained in cultural Christianity, and I think we're seeing some of that die away now. There's a lot more of a progressive um, sort of wrapping around how lives are lived, and so folks that are not truly committed in their faith or not as serious about it just don't see a need to kind of keep up that facade anymore in a lot of ways. Now, what I will say about many of these women who are leaving um, they're not leaving their faith. They're not, you know, deconverting and becoming atheists. That's kind of a myth that is sometimes out there. Um, they are women who still would say they value their faith. They believe in God. They pray regularly, and they may even desire a deeper faith. Um, but they have become disillusioned by some of the church experiences they've had. And I believe that they're really just looking for some guidance and need a little bit more education on what it would mean to come back and why they should come back. Yeah. Do we know the age range of these women? Or is this all ages? Does it tend to be a younger crowd, more middle age? Well, statistics always show that older people are more likely to go to church. So you're always going to have kind of that slant. Now, I couldn't tell you specifically um, getting lower. I, I mean, generally speaking, people in their early 20s just always have kind of stopped going to church. But what we find is when people get married and they have kids, they tend to go back. The problem is that a lot of times these days, that's actually not happening or it's happening way later. So people are getting married later, they're having kids later, and it's um, it's deferring that return to church. And for some, it means they never return. And so some of these cultural changes are playing in and having like a trickle-down effect on, you know, the way faith is played out in our society. Yeah. So let's walk through sort of a hypothetical scenario. Let's say, um, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s and I went to church some as a child, but stopped going in my 20s. Still, you know, believe in God, spend time with the Lord, maybe listen to a sermon online here and there. Um, like you say, you know, still someone of of faith who says, yes, I'm a Christian, but don't really see a need for why I need to be sitting in a church building on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. What what would you say to that woman? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first pieces of pushback I get, of course, when I'm talking about this is, well, church is not a building. And I 100% agree. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the uh, many people probably have heard this, but the original word for church was ecclesia. And ecclesia is actually means like a group of people or a gathering of people. It has really nothing to do with a building. Um, my response to that is often, Yes, but when we gather, we kind of need a place to meet. And so often that's in a building um, and it just kind of makes it convenient to meet there. Um, But church is, and if all you're doing is heading into church on Sunday morning for an hour and leaving and you're not really doing much else, I really don't know that it's going to help you all that much. 
um, because it is so much more than just taking an action. Um, Being a part of the church is part of being invested in a community. And God has given us that community to encourage us, empower us, and he shows up there in a way that he doesn't show up anywhere else. You know, the Bible says when two or three are gathered, um, I am with them. And that is true. And Christians can gather for book club or you can gather at CrossFit or whatever. Um, But when you're gathering to um, worship and talk about the Lord, he is there in a supernatural way among his people um, that, that he is not anywhere else. And he created us to be a people of community. I talk about in the book how um, there's never been a time in history that there wasn't, wasn't community because even at the beginning of time, there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, obviously God made Adam and then he needed a partner and he made Eve. And so that community aspect of who we are as human beings is innate in our spirits. And so that's another reason that he calls us there. Mm-hmm. And so the book is specifically called Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. Why why do women specifically need the church? And why do you think that the church specifically needs women? Well, I think all people need the church. So we'll start there. Um, <laughs> but women, you know, they obviously they have um, their own unique stories, their own unique mm-hmm. um, gifts. And so I think there is a specific kind of community that women receive um, in mm-hmm. small groups or Um, even just with leaders and things like that. So I think um, they need the church for that edification of their spiritual lives. I mean, I talk a lot about how, um, you know, we have all kinds of health that we take care of, our physical health, our mental health, um, but our spiritual health is often neglected. And one of the key ways that women can really care for their spiritual health is by being a part of a faith community. Um, And there are so many benefits that come with that. Um, And then in terms of why does the church need women? Um, so many reasons. Um, one of them being that um, they do have spiritual gifts often that men don't have, and we need all of those contributions. And of course, we know the Bible says that um, if, if you are not part of the body, local body, like it's not functioning in all the ways that it could be in the best way that it could be. So when you're missing, the church is really not complete. Um, I also think that um, something that I have uh, recognized through my research is that you know, a lot of churches are really male-centered. A lot of them are headed by male pastors, um, have male elders, and the input of women is missing in a lot of ways. And so I do think that's something that needs to change. We need mm-hmm. churches to recognize that it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, have a, a female head pastor, which a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable with, but it does mean you need to be meeting with women. You need to be getting their input. You need to be understanding what women need as well as what men need. Um, And so women are really vital to making sure that everyone in the church building is growing and getting the message they need and able to grow the way they need to when they're there. What is your message specifically to the church in writing this book? For the pastors, Mm -hmm. the elders that read this book, what should they be taking from it? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would love for pastors and elders and even church members just to read this book and understand why people have left and what they're looking for if they consider coming back. A lot of times we're kind of missing the mark in terms of what we think people need or want. Um, For example, like I said before, people will often think like, oh, people have left because they've lost their faith. And that's not it at all. We need to make sure that we're getting those touch points of the actual reasons people have left. I know one thing that has come up a lot is people often feel uncomfortable 
bringing their kids to a new Sunday school at church. And so how can we make that a very secure and loving place and where people feel safe taking their kids somewhere new? Um, You know, another thing is people often feel very hesitant to, if they want to change denominations or go to a new church, like that's a very nerve wracking experience. You know, Mm -hmm. as a churchgoer, if you're going to church every week, you may not think about that, but you know, head over to the church across town. That's a different denomination than yours and see how comfortable you feel walking in there for the first time, because there are different rituals. There are different ways of doing things and it can be intimidating enough that someone may not ever step foot in there. So we got to think about the ways that we can really be welcoming and inviting to people because I think sometimes that's missing. Yeah, that's really, really critical. For you personally, what what has the church meant? If you know, if someone says to you, you know, why why still go? Why why still be invested and in, involved through it all? What fruit has it really brought in your own life? Oh, the church has been such a lifeblood to me. Um, I've been in a smaller church for like the past six years. For me personally, being a part of a smaller church has been an amazing experience. I enjoy it more than a bigger church just because I feel like I get a lot closer with the people around me. And it has been really critical in helping me overcome a lot of things. I write in the book about my struggle to overcome struggles with drinking. Um, One of the first places that I opened up about my struggle with alcohol is within my church group. And it was like really the first moment that I felt like I began to find freedom from that. Mm -hmm. And here I am two and a half years later, um, sober, haven't drink and I'm able to share that story and encourage other people within my church community. You know, anytime I have a mom issue, parent issue, I have like my parenting small group to just commiserate with and and offer suggestions and prayers. Um, and I also know that, you know, anytime that there's anything going on in our family, all I have to do is I could, I can send my pastor a text, you know, these people are here for me. I know if I need anything that they are going to be there for me and I'm going to be there for them. And there is something so powerful about having that spiritual security in your life and knowing and believing that God has put these people around you. He ordained this. This isn't like a random thing that happened. I'm here for a reason with these specific church members. And so um, I cannot imagine my life without my church. And that's why I want other people to be able to find that and experience it too. For anyone listening who's thinking, okay, Erica, you've convinced me, I'm going to try it out. (laughs) How can they go about finding a good church? Do you have any tips? And what should their mindset be as they walk into that church building on a Sunday morning? Yeah, absolutely. So luckily these days, of course, we have the internet. And so most churches have a website and you can start there. Um, And you want to make sure, of course, that any church that you go to is going to line up with your theological beliefs. There's all kinds of different denominations and churches, you know, can believe different things. And so usually a church has a doctrinal statement on their about page or somewhere there around there. So you can start by going there. Um, Another great place I have found when I was looking for a new church is like local Facebook groups. It's just asking, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm looking for a new church and people will suggest things and you'll get a feel for it. Also, churches have online services. So I don't think online church is like a a good thing to do for the long term, but it does give you a way to sort of preview a few of them before maybe you want to step in the door. Um, And I always encourage people, go. you need to go more than once. Sometimes there's an off day. Um, I would give a church at least two or three Sundays before you write them off. Um, and it can take time. It is th- That's the other 
thing that, you know, people struggle with is like they don't they feel like they don't have time or it's a waste of their time. But I would just argue that finding that church body that is is right for you in the long term is worth every moment of investment that you put in it. And so, um, you know, a couple other tips I would say is, you know, make sure you check out who the pastors are and the leaders are like, you know, you can even find them on social media. You don't want to, you can, maybe if someone's a little bit drama, you might not want to go there. Um, I actually have a course available on my um, homepage for my book. Um, if you buy the book, you actually get this mini video course for free. It's called How to Find a New Church 101. Mm. So that has a lot more of comprehensive information in it than what I just said. Um, but if you just go to um, ericaanderson.com slash reason to return, um, you will find the availability of that. And it's free, like I said, um, so you can get it with the purchase of the book, pre-order of the book. <laughs> awesome. Yes, the book is out January 17th, correct? January 17th, but available okay. for pre-order now. Awesome. And Erica, before we let you go, one question that we love to ask all of our guests on this show uh, on Problematic Women is, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes or no? Why or why not? Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I would say no, I guess. Um, it's not really a term that I identify with closely. I totally get um, why some people might, even conservative women might say that they do, um, simply because I know feminist means that it is the um, belief that women have equal rights to men. And I believe that. Um, but it has such a tainted sort of connection to various groups that I don't know that I would immediately be like, yeah, I'm a feminist. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So that's kind of a rambling answer, but... It's a good one, though. Well, the book is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. It is out January 17th, but it is available right now for pre-order. We encourage you, check it out. Erica, tell us the website one more time we need to visit. Yes, so my name is spelled a little weird, but hopefully you can see it or see it on the podcast or the screen, Erica Anderson, E-R-I-C-K-A-A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N.com slash reason to return. Awesome. There might be some dashes in there. You'll find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll put the link in show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> awesome. Erica, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. That's going to be it for this week's edition of Problematic Women. We don't have a show on Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. So I hope you all enjoy some great food, some time with family, friends, just to rest and relax. But as you have maybe a little bit of time off this week, take a moment and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, wherever you like to listen. It really is a huge gift to us to one, get to hear your feedback, but then that also helps spread the word to more listeners when you leave us those reviews. All right. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy your week and we'll see you next Thursday. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. And be sure to follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.